Greetings, this is Atma Boda. Today is January 13th, 2022. The title of today's podcast is episode 48, You Can't Be Humble If You Can't Look Up to Yourself. Beginning now. Humility is not about putting down your ego, but about seeing the best in others. Humility has nothing to do with worship. Worship means you are elevating someone or something above yourself. You can never become someone by worshiping that person. If David never recognized his own kingliness, he could never have become king. In the same way, you can't be humble without seeing the best in yourself and others. The best way to look up to yourself is when you are looking up to your inspired mind while coming from the heart. And that's all I have written for today's podcast. So let's unpack this. You can't be humble if you can't look up to yourself. There's a common misconception about humility that somehow humility means to surrender yourself or humility means to worship something greater than yourself or to regard yourself as less than and put someone else or something else on a pedestal. And this is a misunderstanding of what humility is about. Because ultimately, from the most enlightened perspective, at our core, we have something amazing and awesome and unlimited. And the closer we get to that sacred place within us, the more we realize that what is awesome about each of us is the same awesomeness that is in all of us. And so when you are looking down on yourself and saying, hey, somebody else is above you, you're actually being dishonest with the ultimate truth of the situation. And that is There is nothing amazing that you can recognize in somebody else that doesn't already exist in you. Now, I'm not talking about learned skills or musical talent or artistic talent. Obviously, these are abilities that can be trained. If if you're admiring someone for being a fantastic doctor, you just can't assume that you're also a doctor. Of course, everybody has their own unique talents and abilities. But what we're talking about here is not a learned talent, but the innateness of something greater than talent. It's, it's like the potential that from which everything else can exist. And that is the amazingness that's in you and in everybody else. It's like, What exactly does that mean? That means that you have a potential. And so when you say that the amazingness that's in you is in everybody else, what you're saying is that you have the potential for amazingness. Even if you feel like you have a ways to go yet, and that let's say you're young, 21 years old, or let's say you're 16, obviously you have your full life ahead of you, right? You don't know what amazingness is inside of you yet you haven't matured 
and there's so much more yet to learn. But just like we can't say that a blossomed flower is better than a bud, we also can't regard anyone that we see as better than ourselves because you are doing yourself a disservice. What you could say is that they are no better than you, but you yourself are also no better than them. You're looking at the potentials as opposed to what's happening right now, if that makes it, if that makes any sense. And holding that perspective that your potential means that you shouldn't ever degrade yourself and think less of yourself is very important because that potential that exists within you is the true you. Why is that? Because that unlimitedness is immortal. It lasts forever. So that means that this immortal you is the real you. And it may take some time to get your head around that. But if you believe that, that's an awesome power that you can carry in to every situation and really helps to boost your confidence. Because ultimately, you want to give yourself reasons to be positive. You don't want to believe the conditioning that society and the world wants to encapsulate you with. You don't want to fall into anybody's cookie cutter mold. To have an adaptive mind, that means thinking outside of the box and looking in terms of potentialities rather than limited perspectives. In order to experience the best version of yourself, it's necessary to recognize that that best version of yourself does exist. And even if you haven't experienced it yet, that just means you haven't gotten to the best part of your own story. It's like you're at the beginning of an exciting novel, an exciting page turner. And you're just at the very beginning where the plot is just starting to be developed. Certain characters are getting fleshed out. The plot is non-existent and you're just waiting for everything to develop. The important thing to keep in mind here is that you have so many reasons to be positive and idealistic and you have very little reasons to be negative or to be pessimistic. Thinking great things about yourself is humility because ultimately from <laughs> the most amazing perspective, you are so amazing that your amazingness cascades into everyone that you meet. That when you look deeply and recognize the greatness in others, you're also recognizing the greatness in yourself. And when you're recognizing the greatness that's in yourself, you're realizing how amazing everybody else is. And that becomes a snowball effect that enriches every single part of your life. 
And that's the sad thing in society today is people don't have that. Do you know what an ego is? People talk about ego. People are obsessed with egos. What is an ego? It's an ego is saying like, okay, I'm special. I'm more special than you. That's ego, okay? Ego is saying, oh, I am selfish. I just want to accumulate stuff because I want to be happy and I need to get stuff in order to be happy. That's ego. What is ego? That's limited identification. That's you identifying with a very limited perspective of yourself. If you really understood how unlimited and amazing you are, you realize that you don't need stuff to be happy. Being a consumer is reinforcing a negative perspective of yourself. To, isn't it better to walk around if you're in a shopping mall and look around and say, hey, what I have inside of me is better than that. I'm priceless. Everything else has a price. I don't have a price. Isn't that amazing to be able to come from that perspective? Instead of saying, oh, I'm so bad because I don't have the money to afford this or afford that. This other person is better than me because he's got a nicer car or a nicer wife or nicer family. That's coming from a place of scarcity and lack. But you can turn that on its head and say, hey, He's such an amazing husband. That means I've got that amazing husband inside of me too. His wife is amazing. That means that it's possible that maybe someday I can find someone as amazing as her. So instead of looking for reasons to be jealous or envious, instead we can see these things and have it all reinforce the pricelessness that is within us. And when we come from that perspective, you don't see any reason to be negative. You don't see any reason to be worried or have fear or anxiety. In fact, worry, fear, and doubt in the future, these are going to be regarded as obsolete concepts. Why? Because they actually don't help you at all. People say, well, um, science, uh, if we don't have doubt, then we wouldn't be able to understand science and do experimentations because then we just would believe everything and we wouldn't need to do the work. It's like, no, that has nothing to do with doubt. Doing experimentation and finding the result of the experimentation and cataloging that and doing scientific studies, that's just doing the legwork. It's called proving the hypothesis. Whether or not you have doubt in that process plays no part. Not having doubt doesn't mean you have implicit bias. Okay. Doubt and bias are not related at all. Bias just means that you are believing in a certain outcome by not having doubt. That doesn't mean that you're believing in any certain outcome. You still have an adaptive mind. You're still keeping your mind open to the possibilities not having doubt doesn't mean that you suddenly have belief in something. No, that's not what doubt is at all. Doubt just means that you don't have uncertainty. You don't have um, that feeling 
of uncertainty. You don't have that, that, that unpleasant feeling of, of doubt. It's like you may not know the answer. Just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean that you have to experience the emotion of doubt. If that makes any sense. Doubt is literally an feeling of unconfidence. And so if you feel confident all the time, then you have no reason to doubt. You don't have to be confident in the results of your experiment. You don't have to be confident in the outcome. Just having that feeling of, com of general confidence can cascade and improve your performance in every aspect of your life. The same thing with anxiety. People, some people think that anxiety is useful, that somehow that that makes you work harder or you don't become lazy because you're anxious and it forces you to be productive. And that's not the case at all. Anxiety does not help you be productive. In fact, it's counterproductive by making it's an unpleasant feeling anxiety. And I can say these things because I'm fortunately and grateful to be at a place in my life where I have zero doubt, zero anxiety, and zero fear. And people say, well, what about fear? Without fear, maybe life would be dangerous for you because maybe you would take unnecessary chances with your life. And no, you don't need to feel fear to avoid taking chances or to be sure that you are being safe. In fact, any professional would tell you that fear decreases your performance, whether you're driving, whether you are playing a computer game. It's like the expert gamers, they're not experiencing fear. No, it, it's, <laughs> it's like second nature to them. People might be afraid of them on the computer game, but they're not the ones experiencing fear. They're dominating. And in the same fashion, if you don't feel fear and you don't feel doubt and you don't feel anxiety, you too can dominate. And this is entirely within the realm of possibilities. I don't even remember the last time I felt fear. I definitely don't remember the last time I, I doubted. It's been years since I've experienced doubt and anxiety can bypass the mind. So it is possible to experience anxiety, but, but even anxiety, I haven't, I don't remember when I, maybe in the spring of last year, like maybe um, eight months ago, I felt some anxiety at one point, but even then my mind was still Im impenetrable. It's like, Anxiety can, can bypass the mind and go directly into the heart sometimes. But, and, and same thing, fear can bypass the mind also. But that's just because it's complicated. But there is, how do I say, through the heart you can experience empathy. So through the heart you can experience other people's anxieties and you can experience other people's fears. Because it's, and you may not believe this, but empathy is a real thing through the heart. You can experience exactly what someone else is experiencing emotionally. 
Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember once many years ago, I mean, this was back when I was in my 20s, so it's a long time ago, but I've always been very empathetic. But I remember distinctly, I was in a meditative state and I could feel um, the emotions of others in this state because I think I had finished doing a meditation at the time. And I realized I walked into this liquor store. This was in Canada, Vancouver, Canada. And I walk in and immediately I could feel an energy in that store. And it's like I felt like I was swooning. It's, it just felt like I was high on some kind of weird drug that I've never experienced before. And I look around the store I'm thinking, well, where's the source of this energy coming from? And then I notice there's this guy playing on an arcade machine in the store and he's clearly high on drugs and then I realized this guy's high on heroin playing a game high on heroin and it was instant realization and that is the power of empathy it's possible <laughs> to experience if someone else is high on drug that you never even tried before it's like I knew this guy was on heroin because I could feel what he was feeling. It was an intense sort of experience. And I concluded from that, actually, that certain drugs like heroin give a quasi-spiritual experience that can be obviously trans transferred in your environment. And of course, I don't advocate for the use of any drugs. And I've, I, in fact, have never uh, taken heroin, to my knowledge. And, but that just gives an example of empathy. The same thing is true with if you're around someone who's angry and feeling a toxic emotion of, say, of anger. Through empathy, you can experience that. You can also experience hate. You can experience other toxic emotions through empathy and this is why it's so important to be conscious of what you're broadcasting in your environment because if you're having a bad day you having a bad day could also potentially infect other people too but on from a good perspective if you're broadcasting love and positivity and bliss that also is cascading around you so that is why when people start waking up and we have this love and truth and positivity and it starts to cascade and awaken more hearts and more minds, it's going to create a chain reaction, a snowball effect that's going to really uplift the world and change things in a way that maybe we haven't seen before. And, um, but so yeah, you can't be humble if you can't look up to yourself and that is being humble, seeing the best in you because you can't see the best in other people if you can't already see the best in you too. Anyway, this is Atma Bodha signing off and until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic day.